How's it guys? My name is Mark Haystack and I'm the host of the Birding Life Youth Podcast. This week we have two guest speakers who are both wildlife photographers and have over 1,000 followers on their Instagram accounts that they dedicate to their adventures with wildlife photography. So guys, welcome to the Birding Life Youth Podcast. How's it Mark? Thanks for having me. Hi, thanks so much for having me. All right, cool guys. It's a pleasure. Um, so just before we dive straight in, tell us a bit about yourselves. Um, so I am a 13-year-old wildlife photographer. I'm pretty amateur, but still consider myself <laughs> a wildlife photographer. Um, yeah, and the last year I've been really into my photography, really getting serious with it. Yeah, I live around Joburg. That's about it. Okay, cool. And Luca, how about you? So I'm 15 years old. Um, I live in Johannesburg. Um, I love nature and wildlife, and I've been doing wildlife photography for two years now. Okay. And how did you guys get into nature photography and wildlife photography? Um, so my granny and grandpa used to go off into the Kruger, and um, after my grandfather died, my granny did, um, didn't know how to use the camera, so she um, kept it in the cupboard all the time. But after she passed away, um, it got passed down to my uncle, who actually um, really wanted to use it. And he also does um, wildlife photography. And so he went um, about two years ago when I um, went to the Kruger, he, he told me to take the camera. And yeah, I've been the first time I picked it up, I was amazed and so that's that's how I started basically. Cool. And Gabby, how did you get into it? Um, I followed my parents' footsteps. Um, my mom was a, well is a wildlife photographer. And yeah, we pass our cameras down. There's constant competition in the car um, <laughs> when we're on trip. Um, and my parents aren't allowed to post their pictures on Instagram because we have the same pictures. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of competition. So, yeah, I just followed in my parents' footsteps. And is your mom, uh, you said your mom's more of the, the photographer in the family, hey? Um, yeah, she is more the photographer. My dad needs to get us into the um, positions to get the best pictures. So, <laughs> so he's like your driver. Yeah, he's the driver. <laughs> okay, cool. And I was chatting to you, Gabby, just the other day to see if you'd be interested in being on the podcast. And you said that you knew a bit about birds from Fagasa, um, but you didn't know a lot. And I was like, what? You've already done Fagasa and you're like 13, 14. How, how is that possible? And then you said, no, I'm doing a junior Fagasa course. Uh, Fagasa means Field Guiding Association of South Africa or Southern Africa. Um, and I was so surprised because I thought that was like an 18 to 18 year olds thing that you could do to apply to get the skills and qualifications for field guiding. And so then she told me, no, um, <laughs> I'm doing a junior Fogasa course. And I was so surprised that this is actually a thing. I never heard about it before. So, uh, uh and I also heard that, uh, you are also doing it, uh, Luca. So you guys have been doing it for different periods of time. And you have different experience and um, different courses that you've done. But uh, what is the Junior uh, Fagasa courses about? Um, so you get the three different like phases. So you get the Junior, the Ambassador, and then you get your level one, two, three, and I think it goes up to three. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing the Junior one. And I've done 11 modules so far. So you get your specialist courses, 
So I've done my rocks, my grasses, my frogs, my insects, birds, um, tracks as well. So, yeah, and then next year when I'm done with my course, I'm going to ambassador and then when I'm old enough, I'll go into level one, two, et cetera. And uh, Luca, you also do it, but you're at a slightly different level. What uh, other stuff have you gotten to do so far now that you're a few steps above Gabby? Um, well, I've I've been planning on um, starting the um, ambassador program um, soon. Haven't got to that yet, but I have done all the basic um, grasses and birds, trees, stuff like that. But I really want to increase my knowledge. Um, mm. So yeah, I will be starting that quite soon, I hope. And what would that include? Like what kind of stuff would you do? Would you get outdoors and be quite practical? Um, yeah, I'm sure there, there is a few um, practical components, but mainly it would be like um, textbooks and then you would go for like exams and stuff like that. Okay, so you guys are like the go-to people in the youth <laughs> uh, community for the Lofeld area. Uh, am I correct that you do most of your uh, like Fagasa training in that area? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. the Lofeld is like my second home. <laughs> Lucky man. And uh, I hear there's other types of Fagasa qualifications that you can get for certain aspects of wildlife. What are some of those? Um, so you get your um, nature guide, then your apprentice field guide, and then you just your like normal field guide, then your professional field guide, then your <laughs> trails guide, then your yeah, and then you get your professional trails guide. So they go up in like levels, That's and then you get cool. your shooting your rifle license guide thing, basically. <laughs> oh yes, your rifle competency, and also here you, you then you have to get a certain. Uh, professional driver's license so you can like become like a real game ranger i'm definitely looking into that sort of thing too but uh luca wasn't there some sort of qualifications for uh bird guides as well yes so um there there are a number of um birding qualifications so it depends on the area so i think you you start at like a local local area um quite a small area and then you can um qualify for the birds in that area um you go for like practical exams and things like that and then sure. it, it increases to um like a regional and then you can even get like the whole of southern africa from a qualification for that wow so that's for like the pros yeah and what do you guys plan on doing once you've got your fagasa qualifications done and dusted um so i want to become i want to study wildlife veterinary sciences and medicine um so my fagas is basically just an extra burst of knowledge that will come handy in the field mm. one day um but yeah i want to study veterinary sciences and medicine um so i i don't plan on becoming like um a professional guide or anything like that um I, i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm i want to go into either nature conservation or wildlife management um, so basically, I want to. The end goal is to be like in charge of an area um, mm. of like a reserve, preferably um, the Kruger. That's cool. Okay, so you guys are uh, very much in love with that area of South Africa. I see. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, cool. Um, yeah, I'm also looking into uh, getting Fugasa qualifications because, I mean, the experience and the knowledge that you get from just completing these courses is really epic. Um, and I was looking at becoming a field guide. And uh, even if I don't, I'd love to have that qualification to even on the side, um, take people out and show them what's what. And when I go out by myself, like you guys do in the Kruger National Park or other national parks around, you know how to identify things and, and uh, know what's what. And <laughs> if you get some amateur walking in, you can say, hey, you know, teach them a couple of tips and tricks if they ask around and stuff and you look like a bit of a big shot. But yeah, I mean, learning this stuff while we are young is a very cool step uh, towards being quite knowledgeable when we get older. Um, and I, I think the Junior Fogasa course is a great idea uh, because yeah, when I found about Fogasa level one, I thought, oh gosh, I have to wait till I'm 18 till I have to, till I can get this qualification and get out in the bush there, you know? So it's cool that uh, I found out about this Junior Fogasa course, uh, but I'm turning 18 this year, so I kind of missed out a bit. <laughs> now, you both went on a recent photography trip to the Kruger National Park at the same time, but you didn't manage to see each other. So I kind of want to compare your guys' different experiences while you were there. Um, so Luca, what was your trip like? Where did you stay? Um, so we stayed three nights. Um, the first night we stayed at Pretoria Scorp. Um, we didn't see much around Pretoria Scorp, probably because of the, the sourfelt grazing. Um, but I... I didn't mention this to you. I didn't mention this to you, but um, we um, on our afternoon drive there at Pretoria Scorp, um, my dad just stopped on the side of the road to let this car um, go past us, and we just sat there for a few minutes, just listening to the bush. And then all of a sudden, my brother was like, "You look in the bush," and then there was this leopard marking its territory on this tree, um, just out of nowhere, and then. Um, but then it uh, walked into the bush and I couldn't get any pics, unfortunately. But yeah, it just shows you like how, how many things you can miss if you're not paying attention. Yeah, indeed. That's quite a, a blessed sighting. You just sat there and was you waited patiently and nature kind of walked over to you, I guess. Cool. And you mentioned the sour, the sour grass or sour grazing area um, around Pretoria Scorp. That's not very uh, productive. <laughs> Do you want to explain a bit about what that means? Uh, yeah, so um, you mainly get two types of grasses in in the in the low felt and Limpopo and, Pum, and Pumalanga as a whole, um, sweet sweet felt and sour felt. And the sour felt's just um, it's like the types of grass that the animals don't really like. They 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 can still um, eat it, but they don't really like it. And so the the game densities are way lower in those areas. And then as well. Obviously, the predator densities are also quite low in those areas. Sure. So it's quite special that you got that leopard. Yeah, no. Leopard, the leopard densities aren't that, that high as compared to other places in the Kruger. Um, the next two nights, we stayed at um, Malalan, um, quite near to the, um, the gates. It looks over the, the Crocodile River. Um, we saw wild dogs there. Not the best sighting. Um, a lot of elephants, rhino. Um, then we also got to see on our last day we had we saw one of the Imjujani male lions. Um, they are quite a powerful coalition at the moment. Um, they've actually killed um, five other lions from 
sure. uh, a coalition called the Vohamis. They were like six young males, but now they're, they're only one thanks to the Mjijanis. Um, so yeah, we got to see him with a few fem- females. Um, yeah, I managed to get quite a few pictures. And then on the way out, we managed to find a leopard that had just killed a bush buck, but um, it was resting in the riverbed and unfortunately we had to leave. So yeah, it wasn't a bad trip. We got the big five, but um, not as many pictures as I would like. Okay. So as you went further down to Malalan, you got a bit more activity. Yeah, definitely. And Gabby, you stayed more or less in that area. Tell us a bit about how your trip was. Um, yeah, so we stayed at Friends in Leidenburg and we're like, you know what, we should go to Kruger. So that evening we woke up early, drove down to Kruger and yeah, we had a fantastic day. We went through Alpen and went from Alpen all the way to Malalon. Um, so our whole trip, we had the Magnificent Seven. What uh, can you name those for us quickly? Um, so that is rhino, elephant, lion, leopard. Um, buffalo, cheetah, and wild dog. Awesome. So, um, yeah, the first day we had the Magnificent Seven. Um, yeah, we got in, saw some elephant bulls fighting in the middle of the road, got some really nice pictures of them. Um, then we moved on, saw... So we got down to this dam, and we asked, oh, what are you looking at? We asked the car in front of us. Um, and they're like, oh, there's a couple of lions lying in the bushes there. They're not going to come out soon. Then all of a sudden, when we got our like own positioning, um, these lions gave chase, 15 lions, to um, water buck that were drinking at the dam. And they basically chased them towards us. The lions were like chasing through the cars. Sheesh. That must have been quite uh, exciting and scary. And hectic. Yeah. Um, it was such a great sighting. And then um, Cheetah walked down the road right in front of us, but then the guy in front of us um, blocked us off so we couldn't get a nice view. And then as soon as the Cheetah walked past us, the long grass now, you couldn't get any photographic opportunities, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so that was unfortunate. And then... Um, on the S118, yeah, around there, we had such great sightings. We saw a couple of rhinos and the sun was just setting that crisp golden light. So, um, yeah, I got this fantastic picture of rhinos in a riverbed, which I actually think Luca has as his profile picture now or <laughs> wallpaper. Um, yeah, so I got some really nice pictures of them. And then... A buffalo herd, about 300 plus, walked through the riverbed, um, which is pretty cool. We're wow. surrounded. Sure. So surrounded by lions and buffalo. Yes, that was really great. Sure. Um, and then on the one one four, um, this leopard, the male leopard called Marilla Male. Um, so my dad and I were just chatting and we're driving. And then I quickly look onto the left-hand side, and this massive male, this leopard male, was had like this proud walk stand next to the um, car, and it had the golden crisp light on it and um, sure. started sawing right next to the road. And it was like you had you felt it moving through you, that, oh. that 
blowing sound. So yeah. yeah. I had that experience last time I went to Kruger uh, where this big male lion, he was quite old and next to them about 100 meters away was a, a younger male and a female and they were trying to mate and it looked like this male was quite upset. But then we stopped next to him and he all of a sudden stood up and he started roaring like right next to the car and he was a big old man. So <laughs> he had this really gruff, deep voice and I'm sure it must have been deeper than the usual younger uh, lion's roar, but right next to the car. So I can definitely relate to this experience with a leopard, although leopards are quite different to, to lions because it's not exactly a roar when a leopard makes that sound, hey? No, it's like it sounds like a um like a saw, sawing wood basically. Mm. And they actually call it that, don't they? Yeah, sawing, yeah. That's awesome. I'm about to is from the leopard. We just turn around the corner and now we're late. The gates are gonna close soon. So um, we get around the corner and there were um wild dogs in the road lying in the middle of the road. And when we got there they stood up and now it's this beautiful pink sun i mean sunset um it was fantastic and then they came right next to the car looked straight up at us i couldn't get any pictures because i was too excited so my camera was moving a lot um but yeah that was a fantastic sighting so that was our trip to kruger that sounds awesome and luca what would you say was your highlight of your trip to kruger um definitely the lion sighting um, he like we in fact um, we, there was just a female crossed the road and we never even noticed the male and then as we drove around the corner there was just the massive male sitting in the road and, and then he just got up and like walked straight towards us and sat down like next to the car and then eventually this other car um, it, he was kind of blocking the road so then this other car <laughs> needed to get past and so yeah he got up and walked into the riverbed unfortunately but you're you definitely one of the best line sightings I've ever had. That's so cool. And you obviously got some good shots of it as well. Yeah, I know. And it was in like the, the morning light. And he stood there and like looked at us, um, looked around. And yeah, I did manage, manage to get some pretty good shots, which I'm happy with. That's interesting. I mean, you young wildlife photographers have got some pretty cool tips and tricks um, that us birders could learn from. Um, I mean, like the morning light doesn't exactly hit the bird's hairs and make a golden rim around it because birds don't have it but i mean that example is very it could be very useful uh, for us birders to hear um so uh another thing i wanted to mention now you you talked about the long grass and when the lion uh, or the leopard walked away into the grass and you couldn't see it anymore um during the the beginning of this year 2021 uh, there was that Hurricane Eloise that hit the Southern African sub-region um, and affected many of the, the national parks around South Africa uh, in terms of how the vegetation grew. So, I mean, sure, I've been seeing social media posts of the Kalahari Desert and the Kruger National Park since the beginning of this year, and the grass is just green and the vegetation is lush and animals are all over the place. It's, I mean, that that those rains brought so much water to the soils of South Africa and especially the northern areas. But I think one disadvantage is that the, the grass grows so much that the animals are hard to see. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I think that the rain has its benefits, but also has its non-benefits to photographers. Um, but just relating to that, when I went to Kruger last year uh, during lockdown, actually, when we got uh, 
permits to go in. Uh, it was such a different experience because there were hardly any cars there. And a traffic jam was five cars at a leopard sighting. That was it. You know, we were there for quite a few days. And the most cars we had at a sighting was basically five cars. And we were like, oh, can't you get out the way? Meanwhile, you know, <laughs> a year before, a traffic jam was 30 cars. <laughs> so it was a very cool experience to be there uh, during lockdown and see the, the animal behavior. So now, Gabby, um, you recently took the initiative to make a WhatsApp group for young wildlife photographers. What made you start that? What was your idea? Um, so basically, when I joined Instagram and made my photography page early this year, I noticed that there were quite a couple of young wildlife photographers. And I was like thinking, what can I do to bring them together? And like, you'll have friends with the same interests. So... I was always thinking of what I could do. And then I've pitched an idea to my couple of my friends um, saying, why don't we create a wildlife, young wildlife photography group where you can like share um, advice and tips on like a picture. So that's what I did. I um, asked a couple of people what their opinions and yeah, I got some of my friends together. Um, we created a group and stuff. And then I put something on my Instagram saying um, call to young wildlife photographers below 21, um, send me a DM. And they did. I got quite a couple of responses. And yeah, you just send me your number. We'll add you to the WhatsApp group. And yeah, it's really great now. Um, you send your non-edited picture onto the group and they all chat about tips and advice for mm. your pictures and what you can like, how you can crop your image. And yeah, it's really, really great. And we have about 40 plus people on the group now. And yeah, I see that most of the members are, are from South Africa, but would you say that anyone around the world could join? It depends, not really, because there's different vegetation and stuff. So mm. um, we have... And also like different reserves and stuff, because also the point of it is like when Luca went to Kruger, we missed each other, but we're there at the exact same time. So um, yeah, like you'll let each other know if you're um, in a, like when I'm going to Pilansburg in a couple of days. So um, you'll say, okay, I'm in Pilansburg, anybody else here? And then you can make a plan to meet up and like yeah. share your pictures. So yeah, that's the point of it basically. Mm. That's a very cool idea. So I think, guys, if anyone is coming to any of the uh, South African national parks or reserves in South Africa, um, and even visiting from South Africa from elsewhere, let Gabby know on Instagram, and I'm sure she'll uh, be able to add to the WhatsApp group to share sightings and knowledge of the reserves around South Africa. And yeah, just learn from each other uh, in wildlife photography and give each other each other tips and tricks it's a very cool initiative that you took there gabby um and it's pretty cool to be on the group so well done and i've seen there's a couple of big shots that are on your whatsapp group and uh people that you look up to who are they um so there's one main one his name is zahir ali he's the owner of zali photos um yeah and he's a very well-known south african photographer and yeah quite a few of us look up to him he's an absolute pro um, I think he's got about 28k followers on Instagram. Um, so yeah, and I've got a couple of other ideas with other big shots and like well-known names and big names um, coming up. 
but not confirmed yet. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Cool bananas. Now we've had an interesting chat, guys. But uh, just before I say goodbye, I just want to ask you guys each a question. Um, what has been your best bird encounter? Luca, let's start with you. Uh, my best bird encounter, I would say, would be the time I was staying at Lotaba Rest Camp and we were on an afternoon game drive. And um, um, out of nowhere, this beautiful woodland kingfisher flew in and sat on a branch right next to the road. And we stopped right next to it. And um, yeah, he, he gave us um, some fantastic opportunities to get some photos. And I think probably my best bird photo ever came out of that sighting. And so, yeah, woodland sure. kingfisher is definitely my, my favorite bird. And they get, they do that wing thing when they, when they give their, their call, they lift their wings. <laughs> did you, did you get that? Yeah, no, that one, that one didn't do that, but I've definitely seen them doing that all the time. There's, there's a lot of those birds in the Kruger cool. and their call actually reminds me of summer in the bush. That's why. Yeah, I like them so much. It's that typical bush bush felt sound of the the woodland kingfisher calling in the background in summer. Oh, yeah, I can totally relate. Gabby, what was your uh, best bird encounter? Would you say? Um, so I didn't mention this one earlier. It's so I was quite young, um, and we go to this place called Umlani in the Timbati Game Reserve, um, and I was with my family, and this martial eagle was like in a tree right next to the road. And my parents were taking pictures and stuff. And yeah, great sighting with it for like 10 minutes or so. And then all of a sudden, it swoops into the long grass and caught a baby steenbok. What? That was hiding the grass from it. And yeah, it was a fantastic sighting. Sheesh. Um, and yeah, I took it under the shrubs and started eating. Um, yeah, it was, I was very emotional at that stage because <laughs> this tiny little springbok, I mean, not springbok, steenbok was in the grass there and then it just swooped it up and yeah, and it ate it alive, unfortunately. Um, yeah, but it is nature. So, and cool. it all happened so quickly. Wow. That brings me back to my first visit to Kruger, uh, memories with my friend and we were at the Paul Kruger gate. I was like, I was wondering, you know, oh, come on, bro. What's the first bird going to be in the park? What's the first bird going to be? And we're walking at, to the gate to sign in at reception. And uh, we let his dad sign in for us. And so we're just uh, standing outside uh, watching, you know, seeing if there's any birds coming over. Oh, is this a mosque swallow or a red-breasted swallow? Oh, that's a lifer. And I turn around and I look towards the gate. And up above us, about 10 meters above us, literally, comes this martial eagle soaring slowly literally like at walking pace right over us and looking down and I quickly lift my camera and get some shots and I just press the shutter and get as many shots as possible and it just flew like 90 degrees perfectly right above us so slowly and it was then it flew over the fence into the park and I was like yes it's my first bird in the park actually because <laughs> I looked at it that it as it flew over the over the fence so just basically my first species in the Kruger National Park and I was very chuffed to um, get that bird on my first visit to Kruger uh, with my friends so that, that's a very cool a very cool uh, sighting you got there that I can relate to as well but uh, thank you guys that was a cool conversation Nice to meet you and find out a bit about you. Um, best of luck with your nature photography and wildlife photography. And uh, yeah, happy birding. 
Thanks for listening. And remember, you can check out The Birding Life on all your social media platforms and your preferred podcast players. Until next time, happy birding. <music>